It is so great to have you join us today here at Life Church. Um, and whether you're joining us at a campus or whether you're joining us online, we are delighted that you are with us today. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, and uh, just want to welcome you this morning. Uh, grab your Bible if you would. I'm going to get into Acts chapter 2 in just a second. Matter of fact, I'm going to give quite a bit of scripture. Uh, I'm, we're kind of going off of a verse today, and then I want to unpack that a little bit. So maybe grab a, a pen and a notepad if you want to take some notes. And But this would be one of those messages that, uh, again, I'm going to give you quite a bit of just some, some things maybe to think about, maybe some Bible study for the week. But as we're in this series, Unchanged, this is part two of a four-week series. And we've been talking, uh, started last week and continuing this weekend, about how everything in our world seems like it has changed. Everything in our world seems like it's completely just upside down, inside out. And I don't know about you, but I find myself at the most odd of moments getting frustrated with a new protocol or a new this or a new that. And it's just, I just have to like almost talk to myself, which I think probably is good because if I'm wearing a mask, nobody really knows. But I just have to keep a commentary going, hey, take a deep breath. This too shall pass. Because it's just sometimes frustrating because it feels like everything has changed. And, and when is a change going to end? Well, the good news is, is that today I want to talk to you about something that never changes. I want to talk to you about something that's a value in your life and in my life that I really hope in 2021 you'll kind of lean into. I've also got kind of a really cool way to end the message today and something that I think you can do, an action step that is really going to bring some, um, some help to you and some free resources coming your way. So Acts chapter 2, verse 46, today we're going to talk about the value of growing, to grow. Last weekend, we began with talking about gathering. Today, I want to talk about growing. At Life Church, we believe that salvation is just the beginning. It's just the beginning in the life of a Christ follower and that our faith is a journey and we're always looking for the next step. And, and like I said, last weekend, Acts chapter 2, verse 46 was this verse, Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We talked about the temple courts. We talked about the large gatherings and, and I encouraged you and, and I asked you to, hey, get back into the habit as you feel that you can and, 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 and as, as you feel comfortable. But in 2021, to come back together, the value of gathering together. And so again, because a New Testament church is beginning, there's 3,000 people that had just gotten saved. I mean, the church is growing. They had to go to the temple because that was the only place that could facilitate that group of people. But one thing that you'll notice about the New Testament church, as it gets larger, it grows smaller. As it gets larger, it grows smaller. We see here that they didn't just continue to meet together in the temple courts, but also in homes. So the large gathering is broken down into small groups. Now, this is important to understand because again, the whole ideology of, or theology of let's come together and have a corporate gathering is not something that Life Church or any other church came up with. It's in the book of Acts, it's in the Bible. It's the model that we see in the New Testament church. So true is small groups coming together. We call, life, we call small groups at Life Church life groups. It's kind of a play on the word. So it's coming together in small groups. And what's, under, what, what's important to understand is this isn't an either or, it's a both and. It's not like either we go to a large gathering or we go to a small gathering. 
It's not an either or, it's a both and. As the church grows larger, we need to continue to break it down into smaller groups. So I've heard people growing up in church that have said, hey man, I I don't wanna go to a big church. I I don't want to know everybody. I just wanna go to a small church. And I get what they're saying. The problem is, is it's those things are not mutually exclusive. The truth of the matter is psychologists tell us that there's only a certain number of people that you're going to know, whether you're in a group of 10, you're in a group of 100, you're in a group of, of, of 1,000 or 10,000. You're still going to keep about the same amount of number of people that you're going to know. And this is, what, this is what we see being played out in the book of Acts, that they came together in large gatherings. We talked about that last weekend. Today I want to talk about the small gatherings, how we grow together. So let's go back up, Acts chapter 2. Last week was verse 46. This week's verse is going to be verse 42. Just a couple verses up. Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayer. I want to look at that just for a second, and I want to break it down because I just think that we need to make sure that everybody understands that the Scripture should not be ambiguous. It shouldn't be difficult. It should be understandable. They, in this verse, I'm just kind of walking through this verse, is a New Testament church. It's all of these people that are being saved, that are coming to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is. They've accepted Jesus Christ into their heart and into their life. They're beginning this faith journey. Luke says that they were devoted. To devote means to prioritize or to give oneself to. They devoted themselves. They gave themselves. They prioritized this this relationship with Jesus Christ above everything else in their life. And again, this is not a New Testament concept. It's actually all the way back in the Old Testament when God speaks to Moses to the nation of Israel and says, I'm the Lord your God and I'll have no other gods before me. It's commandment number one. So it's this, this, we see that they devoted, they gave themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching. Now this is what we would call the Bible. But you gotta remember, the New Testament had not been written yet. So what they were doing in the early church, in the New Testament church in the book of Acts, is they were studying what we would call the Old Testament. They were the Jewish scriptures. And, and they were listening to the apostles talk about what Jesus said. It was like, it was like hearing Peter, James, and John talk about, now Jesus at this day and Jesus here taught this and we were over here and you guys know around the corner and down that, yeah, right, that, that, that we were there and Jesus did this miracle and, and, and one day we were on our way to lunch at the deli on the corner and Jesus did, they, they were talking and it's what you and I would call the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're telling this. For us, it would be like reading those four gospels. So that's what they were devoting themselves to what we would call God's word. Fellowship. That word fellowship means sharing. That's the simplest way, sharing. And the best synonym that we have to to, to fellowship is friendship. I heard an old preacher say this and I wanna read it because I wanna make sure I get it right. He said, you may have friendship without Christian fellowship, but it's impossible to have true Christian fellowship without heartfelt friendship. That's why it's so important. It's the fellowship is that connectivity. It's the stickiness. It's the relational connectivity because you and I were created for relationship, not just for achievement. They're breaking bread. Are you ready for this? 
they're eating. <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts. I, I can do that, right? Some of you, you started a diet at the first of the year and you've already lost it because because again, it's just, you want to break bread too much. Amen. This is something you can do. This is a spiritual practice that you can have in your life. Some of you may have a hard time with fasting, but man, you can break bread. Amen. That's exactly what it is. They're coming together in each other's homes in these smaller groups and they're eating with one another. Again, I, I, I joke about this, but it's really true. We see so many times conversations, spiritual truths, uh, 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 life-changing conversion stories that Jesus had with people who were far away from him and who were on the outside and those who were close to him over a meal at a table. He, he reveals himself at, to the disciples after the ascension, excuse me, before the ascension, after the resurrection at kind of a fish fry. Eating is a very spiritual thing. It's, it is a very important thing, breaking bread with one another and prayer. So they're standing with one another in faith. They're talking to the Lord. They're praying to God and they're praying for one another. Something happens when two or more are gathered together in his name. The Bible says that Jesus is there in their midst. You can pray alone and you need to. You need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But praying together brings something very, very, very great into your life and into your walk with the Lord. So I want to talk about this journey for growth in life of a Christ follower. I've just got a couple of things that I want to point out. So first of all, is that living things grow. <coughs> Excuse me. Living things grow. First Timothy chapter four, verse seven through 10 says it this way. First Timothy chapter four, verse seven through 10. Having nothing to do with the irreverent silly myths Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. For the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For, this, for to this end we toil and we strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is a Savior of all people, especially for those who believe. So Paul's saying, look, this, this, this growth line in your life, this spiritual growth, the same way you would train your physical body as an athlete, is the same way that you train your spiritual body as someone who is striving to live a life unto God that's pleasing on this side of eternity and ultimately to set your hope on glory, that's in, which is heaven, which is our eternal reward. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. He says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So the idea isn't that you remain a spiritual infant, but that you grow up. But that happens when you begin to long for spiritual milk. Look at verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So there's this, there's this growth, there's this maturation, there's this, this activity that goes on. So the milk is there, you just have to drink it. You have to partake of it. You have to taste and see that the Lord is good. And then it begins to grow and develop, but you cannot just stay on the milk. Turn over to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter five, verse 12 through 14. I told you I was gonna give you some scriptures today and this will be on the screen as well. Hebrews five, verse 12 through 14. In fact, though... By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you. 
It's a bit of a scolding here. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, which means it's time to get off the bottle. It's time to get off the milk and get onto something, the meat of God's word. Look at verse 14. But the solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves. Here we go back to the training that we talked about uh, in Second uh, Timothy, in, excuse me, First Timothy. But you have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So we see that, that living things grow, that growth is natural, that growth is important in our lives. And the question that I would have for you today is where are you? Where are you in spiritual maturation? Are you on the milk of God's word or are you on the meat of God's word? And, and he's, he's speaking here even in the book of Hebrews to say some of you think that you are on the meat of God's word, but you haven't even, you haven't, you have not mastered the elementary issues, the elementary things. Again, I don't really think you need anybody to point out whether you're on the milk of the word, or the meat of the word. I think in your heart of hearts, you know. But the question is, is how are you going deep into God's word? Are you having a consistent relationship? Are you, let me just unpack that. How do you get to spiritual maturity? How do you get from the milk of God's word to the meat of God's word? How do you grow? Because you're living in Christ, Christ is living in you, and so growth is natural. How do you grow and develop? First of all, as we see in Acts 2.42, prayer. Prayer. Prayer is spending time with God. And the more time that you spend with God, the more you're going to become like him. You want to become like Jesus? You want to live like Jesus? A little WWJD, what would Jesus do? You want that to become instinctive in your life and reflexive in your life? You want to break down the old habits and patterns and you want to build new habits and patterns? Then you've got to get yourself into a brand new realm of, of personal relationship, personal conversation with God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is you talking to God. That's what it is. And again, I've done teaching on prayer and there's gonna be some resources that we're gonna give you at the end of this message, but, but that's really what prayer is. Prayer is not about praying prayers that have been written or praying prayers that you hear somebody else praying. It's not about verbiage. I know sometimes you hear, well, I've gotta use King James verbiage. No, 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 no. It's just about you talking to God. However you talk, whatever your conversational tone is, whatever your conversational uh, verbiage is, it's just you simply taking time out of your day to talk to God, the way you would pick up the phone and call a friend. You just begin to talk. You begin to, 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 to bear your heart. You began to ask of the Lord to, to create and to grow and develop you. You began to lay your burdens down. You, you began to thank him for all of the things that he's done. You just have a regular time of prayer. Second is the Bible. Again, this isn't rocket science, but most times it's not. But it's, it's developing this growth in, the, in prayer and in the Bible. So it's knowing God's word leads us to knowing our own purpose. As we know God's word, as we begin to discover God's word, we begin to see how we fit into that. We begin to see how it works in our life. This is the thing I love about the Bible is that the Bible is like a multifaceted diamond. It, it's, 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 you, you hold it up and the light refracts in, in certain ways and reflects in certain ways. That's just simply, it's all of these different angles that you just see. And every time you turn it, it's like there's a, there's, there's a new light refraction. There, there's, this new, there's this new depth to this. There, you see it in a different way. Even as we're reading 
this year, the, uh, the book of John, as we began the, the year this, this year in soap, I, I, I read and I looked at the life of John the Baptist and Jesus and the ministry and what they were called to and the comparison and contrast from those first few chapters I had never seen before. There were some nuances that I was like, I've just, I've read this a gazillion times, but I never saw it from that perspective. So the more I began to get into God's word, the more I began to see it, the more I began to see how I fit into it. And, and it just, it takes some time, but it's, it's this discipline. And then the discipline begins to turn into a certain delight. And then there's this desire for, for it. The Bible says in the Old Testament, Psalm 119, verse 105, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's what God's word does for us. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It gives us illumination on where we're going to go, what God's called us to do. You wanna know where God's leading you? Get into his word. You wanna know what God wants for you? Get into his word. You wanna know where you fit? Get into his word. Now in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, tells young Timothy that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for training, rebuking, correcting, and the training in righteousness. Remember how we talked about the growth, the spiritual growth, the growth in righteousness? That's what God's word does. Verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You wanna do good work? Get in God's word. We at Life Church believe that God's word is God's word to us. We believe that the Bible is God's word to us and it is absolutely true. We believe it is absolute truth. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And we believe that studying the Bible prepares us to live our daily lives. I've heard people say, well, you know, man, when I get to heaven, I'll do all that spiritual stuff right now on the earth. Can I just tell you? You're not going to, your Bible's, you're not going to read the Bible in heaven because Jesus is the word and the word is made flesh. He's there. The people who wrote the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will speak God's truth. And, and you'll be able to talk to Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Daniel. You'll be able to talk to Peter and Paul and James and John. You'll be able to talk to all these, Timothy and Titus. You'll be able to have conversations. Why, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, you'll be able to talk and interact. And the Bible is useful for us today. That's the reason why we have it. That's the reason why it's so important. Let me give you an acrostic for Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. I know that sounds a bit corny, maybe a little cheesy. Hey, can I get some chips with that cheese? Yes, you may. But the truth of the matter is, is how many times do we not live that? Get into God's word. So I've got this really big, it's a fire Bible, uh, this, this, this big Bible, big gold uh, Bible that's super thick. Can I just tell you that whether you have your Bible on your smartphone in a digital version or you have it physically, that every time you come to church, you should either have it digitally and have it out as we're going through these passages, taking some notes, or have it in a physical form where you can open it up and begin to read it. You should begin to mark it up and, and have it so that you're able to go back to it. Don't just take what I'm saying as verbatim, as, as truth. No, my words are not truth, God's words are truth. This Bible, this God's word is what's truth. 
What you need to do is hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm preaching and dig into the scripture for yourself and begin to allow the word of God to create the maturity that you need. So you can move from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Some of us this past year, this is what was so difficult in our lives is because all of a sudden our ability to be able to get to a life group or get to see someone face to face or get to church in a setting where we're kind of been able to, it all went virtual. And our maturity level began to show. How am I prepared? His word. I encourage you, you know, we do a thing called SOAP. So it's, uh, you can actually, it's on the, it's on the Life Church app. It's on at lifechurchwi.com. Uh, you can pick up a copy anywhere you want, but basically it's just, we're going through the essence of, of scripture. It's not every single verse, but it's most of the Bible every year. We're going through it together. And so every day there's two chapters. So there's scripture and then there's observation. So, hey, what are you observing out of that? Maybe nothing. Maybe you read the same passage somebody else read and you didn't, that's okay. But it begins to get you thinking and processing and developing. And then application, how do I apply that in my life today, what I just read? Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a verse, maybe it's more than that. And then prayer, I began to just say, Lord, help me to apply what I'm seeing in your word and help me to be able to do this. If it feels like the word is a bit flat and feels like the heavens are closed up and like God's kind of left for vacation, then in that moment, I just kind of go, God, help me. It just feels like that it's very distant right now. And I've read this, but I don't have a whole lot of observation and I don't have a whole lot of application. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word and make it fresh to me. Guess what? He will. Because he wants you to be able to apply what we just read, that you go from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. So we've talked about how do we grow? Prayer regularly praying, Bible, getting into God's word, making sure that we come to church, we come together, that we have a physical or a digital version. I'm not hating on the digital version, but have it, have it out. Don't just take it lock, stock and barrel what someone says. And the third thing is life groups. Life groups where you can be the source or find a source of encouragement and accountability. This is what we see that they did in verse 42. This is what we see that they're doing in verse 46. They're in the large gatherings, but they're also breaking this down into small gatherings. And guess what? In the small gatherings, you're able to break bread. In the small gatherings, you're able to, to be able to pray one for another. In the small gathering, you're able to open up God's word and study it together and go, hey man, I was reading this this last week and I don't understand this. No such thing as a bad question or a stupid question. The only wrong question is a question that's not asked. Romans chapter 12, verse four and five says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. Verse five, so we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So when we are together in a large setting, it's the full body of Christ. But then we come together and we help. We all have different functions. We all have different perspectives. We all have different backgrounds. We can help one another. The, the, the trauma, the, the junk, the, the sin, the bad mistakes that you've gone through, you may be able to help a, another person that is maybe 10 or 20 years your, your junior be able to help say, hey, let me help you with this. Maybe you as a young family went through some things and now you're empty nesters and you can help another young family. Maybe you were raised not in church and you see another young family or another individual come in and they're not been raised in church and they're struggling. You can come around them and help them. Whatever it may be, we help each other. We work because we are all one body, but we all have different functions. 
Now, Paul writes that to the church in Rome. Paul also writes to the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. I want to read this. Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual, so spiritually mature, should restore him in the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself, lest you, be, you too be tempted. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have, his own, have to bear his own load. This is what's so important about a life group. Not only does it bring accountability, it brings encouragement. You know, I hear people sometimes go, well, I think I'm spiritually immature. I would ask you, when was the last time you gently restored someone? When was the last time that you gently helped someone go from where they were, broken, fallen, messed up, and you restored them? That's the mark of someone who's spiritually mature. Not someone who's sat on a church pew for X number of years or who's been a member for X number of years or who's given X number of dollars or checks X number of boxes. It's how are we doing life with other people? Because what's easy to do is just to watch online. What's easy to do is just kind of, it's almost like we're auditing the class. Like if you're in college and you're taking a class, not for credit, you're just kind of going and you're auditing. It doesn't really count. You don't have to be tested. There's no real accountability or responsibility. You're just kind of coming in and listening to the lectures that you want to listen to and then you're going on. If we're not careful, we do that. And we blame it on all kinds of things. Oh, I'm busy. Well, you're always going to be busy. But bottom line is you do what you want to do. But you view yourself as spiritually mature. I would talk to those of us that are spiritually mature among us and say, are you in a life group? Because it may not be that you're in that life group for you. It may be that you're in that life group for someone else. That you're there to help someone else. And for all of us, the consistency. And I get it. It's very, you know, like you may go, well, I don't feel comfortable. So I was in in-person life groups and then I shifted to virtual life groups when everything happened. I, I, I typically don't do life groups in the summer because typically summer is a time that I'll take a break away. But I felt like in this season, as the pastor, as a shepherd, I needed to be involved and be there. So I was there in, in, in my life group. And I'm starting, I'm, I'm, in, I'm now into the third, I'm into the next year of, of doing this life group yet again. Why? Because I just think there's a value that we're coming together, that we need to be together. We need to be around each other. We need to grow in our faith, we need, and that's how we grow. Again, this isn't my idea. This isn't Life Church's idea. This is the book of Acts. Oh, we love when the Holy Spirit shows up and we love miracle signs and wonders and we love, but, do, but are we willing to do the practice, the elementary, the fundamentals of spending time in prayer, spending time in God's word individually and then corporately and then coming together in life group. Are we willing to allow ourselves to help one another? And can I just tell you, if you're gonna restore someone gently, it's gonna take time, it's gonna take patience, it's going to be messy, you may get it wrong, they may not always make it, but the truth of the matter is, is that you're doing what you have the ability to do. Are you doing that? I encourage you, this month you have a chance to get into a life group, grow, help someone else, develop, 
Get around someone else. Where can you be plugged in? Help restore our brothers and sisters gently who have fallen or just that need help or just need encouragement. Sometimes we think, well, I'm strong. Everybody should be like me. Well, great for you. But there's a lot of people that aren't. There's a lot of people right now that are battling addictions or that are battling uh, anxieties or battling depression. Are they lesser than you? No. The truth of the matter is you've been given a grace and a calling. It goes back to what Paul says about the, in, in Romans, that, that we're one part of the body, but we all bring up we're, and we all function differently. You've been given a strength. You've been given an ability. You've been, given, you've been graced with certain things. You were given that not for yourself, not to be haughty, as Paul would say there in, in Galatians, or for you to think more of yourself. But you're given that to help one another. That's true spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not having all the answers. Spiritual maturity is not being in a church pew for X number of years or, or whatever. Spiritual maturity is being one beggar to another beggar where to find food. So today, I want to end this message. And I want to ask you to take an action step. If you're willing to say, I want to grow this year. I, I want to go from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Or I feel like I'm spiritually mature and I, want to, I, I need to grow. I, maybe, maybe it's it's in prayer. Maybe it's in Bible. Maybe it's in life group. But what I'm going to ask you to do is to commit this year to say, I'm going to grow my spiritual person. I'm going to grow in these things. And if you will... And here's what I want you to do. It's going to be on the screen, but I want you to simply text, just like we did last weekend, but it's different. It's LC space grow, G-R-O-W, LC, give it a space, G-R-O-W to 97,000, 97,000. So LC space G-R-O-W to 97,000. Just simply text that. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a little different. When you text that, we're going to send back to you kind of a survey, in essence. Very simple, very short, shouldn't take you more than a couple minutes. It's going to ask you just a couple of questions, two, three, four questions. And out of those questions, we're going to say, hey, we want to forward you or send you some free resources. So whether it's, you know what? Here, here's a digital version of, of, of the Bible, or here, here is a, here, here's a soap guide for you to get involved in, or here's, here, here's some more information on prayer, or here's some more information on growing, or here's some information on life groups, or here's some things that we think would be helpful to you. There's resources, there's messages and talks that I've done that have been curated just for you. So it's almost like a spiritual growth assessment, very simply, not complicated, but to just we're just going to push some information to you because you said, hey, this year I want to grow and I want to learn. And so it's going to be messages on prayer, messages on, on, on biblical understanding, messages on maturation, messages on life group. It's going to be giving you some helpful connecting points in order to say, you know what, I'm going to read that this week or I'm going to look at that this week or I'm going to get involved. It's that simple. So I, I'm out of time. And I want to take a moment and I want to pray for you that God will help you grow as we go from the meat, excuse me, the milk of God's word to the meat of his word as we go from infancy to maturity. Father, I just thank you for your people and I pray your blessings be upon them today and help us to grow in this season in Jesus' name, amen.